And I think the important thing to understand about implied volatility and the model is that when you use that model and you get an output, the model doesn't know how you're going to use that output. You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at ibkrpodcasts.com. The following podcast contains options-related material. Prior to listening to today's podcast, all listeners should read and familiarize themselves with the characteristics and risks of standardized options, or ODD, which may be accessed through the link found in the show's notes or podcast description page. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to IBKR Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Praisman, Interactive Broker, Senior Trading Education Specialist. And it's my pleasure to welcome back the co-founders of Market Chameleon, Will McBride and Dimitri Pagamatic. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, hey, Jeff. Good. Thanks for having us, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having us, for sure. Great to be back. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. As always, it's always great to have you guys back in the studio. Before we get started, though, I just want a quick note to our listeners to please rate and review our podcast. Uh, we appreciate the feedback. And today, Will and Dimitri, we're going to discuss implied volatility and the effect it has on option pricing. So I think just to kind of get started, let's start with a definition of implied volatility. Sure. So the implied volatility, what is the most important thing to understand about implied volatility is that it is a metric. It's derived. It's a derived value coming from option prices. I think a lot of people maybe mix that up. You know, I hear people say, well, what is the implied volatility of Apple? But implied volatility, it's not an inherent attribute of a stock, right? It is something that's derived and you use a model to derive that value. So for an example, when we say, what is your car insurance? Well, the car itself doesn't have insurance. Insurance is something that you buy. You buy a policy on your car. And the price of that policy can indicate if you're high risk or low risk. And that's what implied volatility is trying to indicate. Is there a high risk future volatility in a stock or are the expectations that the volatility, the realized volatility of the stock go forward volatility is it going to be low or high so it's really trying to indicate market indicator of what the future volatility of a certain underlying is projected to be using that option price so what you know what factors into the calculation of the implied volatility yep so when we when we look at the option pricing model there are a couple important inputs in there you know you you do need the stock price strike price days to expiration, interest rates, dividends, and a lot of these are assumptions. And when we take a model, for example, and try to work with reverse engineering by putting in an option price into the model and trying to figure out what is the anticipated volatility of the stock. And each model can be a little bit different than somebody else's because we are putting in assumptions there. It could be an interest rate assumption, a dividend assumption, even something like days to expiration can be a little bit different because somebody could use calendar days, other people could use trading days, and then maybe you make adjustments for example, you know, half a day, or maybe you even adjust it as the day goes along. So when we do look at the output of the model, implied volatility, it can vary from model to model. So within option pricing, you know, how how big of a role I guess does implied volatility play within the, you know, the price of an option and 
it sounds like it would it, it can be updated kind of constantly as other factors change as well for, that are being put input into that that model that creates the implied volatility. It's a big component for option pricing, but it's not the only component. And I think the important thing to understand about implied volatility and the model is that when you use that model and you get an output, the model doesn't know how you're going to use that output. It doesn't know your strategy. It doesn't know what your intended purpose is. And if you use it incorrectly, it's not going to be an appropriate metric to use. And I do see that a lot of times where people are taking the implied volatility and assume something that isn't correct and apply to a strategy that would be inappropriate. And like any model, it has its limitations, right? It has its limitations and its assumptions. Two of the biggest assumptions it has is that the stock returns are going to be log normally distributed and that there's a constant volatility. And if that doesn't hold true, if your strategy or or the the market, the stock deviates from that path, then the implied volatility is not very useful. And when we look at implied volatility itself, the model is assuming that you're trading volatility, not direction in the stock. So it is assuming that you're going to take the way the model was intended by trading the gamma, the delta, all the Greeks of the, the model to basically scalp the realized volatility versus the implied volatility. When a, so when a trader's look at implied volatility, it doesn't really indicate that the direction the underlying will go. It just, depending on the value, it indicates the assumption that it's how much it may move in either direction versus staying stagnant or, or being relatively unchanged. Exactly. The implied volatility, that's what it's indicating. It's suggesting what is the the price of what is the stock going to fluctuate between now and the end of the term um, on it, it gives you the daily average volatility between now and the term. So, you know, we could have an option that between now and expiration, it could actually end up being worthless at expiration. But if the volatility in between now and then was very high and you traded the model, it could have been a very profitable strategy because whatever you lost on the decay and in the option, you made up trading the realized volatility. Yeah, I want to go back to, you know, we, you discussed the determining factors earlier of implied volatility, one of which was time to maturity. And I know in, in former podcasts, you know, the three of us have discussed like the short dated options, the zero dated options, like how popular they are. So, you know, since implied volatility measures the likelihood of the change of the price of the security, is it safe to say that it has a greater effect on longer dated options over shorter term options with all the other, you know, with all factors being equal? Right. Yeah. If you look at the options, short data versus longer dated options. The model tells us how sensitive an option is to change in implied volatility, we call it the Vega. The further you go out in time, the more sensitive options are to a change in implied volatility. So what a 1% implied volatility, you know, Vega change in a very short dated option might be very small compared to a 1% change in the Vega of a longer dated option. And they don't match up across the term structure. So, you know, you could have on a very short dated option, you change the implied volatility by one, and that could impact that option by perhaps a penny or two pennies. While you go out longer dated options, let's say a year in a one implied volatility change, one percentage implied volatility change in that option could impact that option by 50 cents, a dollar or so forth. The sensitivity of an option price 
two, a change in pi volatility increases as you go out further in time. With the short dated and zero dated options, then, you know, it sounds like implied volatility really has a minimal effect and almost doesn't matter, but it, ha- you know, doesn't have nearly the effect if you're trading a leap or, or you know something further out. So what do you think the main driving force behind the pricing of these short-term options are then if implied volatility really has such a minimum impact? Right. So when, you, when we go to a zero dated or a zero DT option that expires today, the implied volatility becomes almost negligible because you're not likely to trade your gamma intraday. It's impractical, especially you're going to incur a lot of commissions trading. So, so the zero DTE options, it's really how you project what the stock will move between now and the end of the day. And what becomes more important are other factors that could drive that movement. For example, maybe if you look at the economic calendar and you see that there is going to be a Fed meeting, interest rates or something that could either move the market or the stock, then you would use that data to perhaps project a bigger than normal move. Or maybe news that's coming out that day in the morning, unanticipated news like a war could make the market or any stock move much more than usual. So those become bigger factors in pricing a zero DTE. And other factors may be where you you may either spread off the options versus each other or like assets. For example, maybe you could price the, you know, one option versus a different option in a different asset class that are very similar, right? And then use different types of models, perhaps, that are more, I would say, pertinent in those situations than the implied volatility itself, because the implied volatility at that point does not mean as much because you're not looking at daily fluctuations any longer, but very short-term periods, you know, and as the day gets closer and closer, the implied volatility is not that meaningful anymore. How can a trader and investor, you know, use implied volatility compared to, say, historical volatility for option trading ideas? Yeah. When we look at implied volatility and use it as a metric, what a lot of times we try to do is determine, is the implied volatility high or low? And to make that determination, one of the ways we could start comparing it, we'd have to compare it to something, right? Either to itself or to historical volatility. And a common way is to compare what is the expected future volatility relative to how this underlying asset fluctuated in the past. That's the historical volatility. And if you see that they deviate, there's apart from each other, that could perhaps signal that the implied volatility has gotten a, a little bit either ahead of itself or has been pushed down to a very low level. So that's one of the ways options traders will use historical volatility as a reference against the implied volatility. You know, Dimitri, well, this has been great. I just want to remind our viewers that you know, market chameleons are frequently contributor to the IBKR campus with monthly webinars and podcasts. To see more educational material from Market Chameleon, go to ibkr.com, click on education in the top right and IBKR campus, and click on our contributors and look for Market Chameleon. You can also subscribe to Market Chameleon Research directly through Interactive Brokers. And all our podcasts can be found on our website under the Education tab or Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbeam, Google Podcasts, and Audible. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Jeff Praisman with Interactive Brokers. Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcasts.com. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. 
We offer more trading education material, such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry, or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary, seek professional advice. Options involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. For more information, read the characteristics and risks of standardized options, or ODD, which may be accessed through the link found in the show's notes or podcast description page.